Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, diversity in storytelling is the norm in 2019. Brian May's Hedgehog is the hero we don't deserve. And MoviePass pays for all the movies I see for the rest of my life. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. just gonna say that oh my god so funny um i'm excited about this i can't believe we've gone through another whole year of podcasting it's crazy it's amazing yeah it's wild here we are we've watched we've watched a lot of content for this diddy i know how many movies did you see this year i saw 47 movies in theaters 47 yeah movies. and maybe by the i mean by the time this episode comes out for the time <laughs> seen another we've been 20. recording. <laughs> I'm like, there's still time. Wow. Yeah. Movie Pass really like did me a solid this year. <laughs> now what are you gonna do? I don't know. I'm gonna have to start paying for them now, which is just awful. Outrageous. It seems a little extreme Maybe to me. Maybe we need to get a sponsor, a movie theater sponsor. I'm trying to get on a new one called Cinemania, but. Mm. I was supposed to get a coupon code, didn't get the coupon code. It's just, it's not the, it's not the like concierge experience that I had with Movie Pass, you know? It was pretty seamless. <laughs> Although it's hard to see a new movie with Movie Pass. It was at the end because they kept taking them off the app, which is just, yeah. RIP. Well, let's talk about the year. How has your year been? What's, what have been the highlights? What have been some of the exciting big moments or whatever you want to, anything resonate when you think of like, oh my gosh, we made it through? You know, it's funny. Like when I think about 2018, <laughs> a lot of big things happened. I got married. Yeah. Started a new job. I'm still in New York City. I started the green card process. I, you know, I immigrated essentially, to the United States. First of all, congrats. Thank you. Um, but when I think about the year, it's characterized, to be honest, it's characterized with like a lot of lessons and a lot mm. of challenges and a lot of things I really wish I didn't have to learn yeah. and things that I wish I didn't have to know about, like I wish immigration. I wish there was like a way I could take my immigration folder in my brain and like drag it to the trash bin and yeah. like not ever think about that You could stuff just again. get pregnant. I don't think I will, but thank you for the offer. <laughs> That's what my brain is currently doing. Yeah. It's just dropping info left and right that I yeah. do not need anymore. Yeah. It's wild. I'd love to do that. I'd love to clear out some space. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a resolution for 2019. But when I think about when I think about 2018, it 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 was hard. It was like hard for a good part of it. And um I do that practice. I know that you you do this as well, but Liz Gilbert has this gratitude jar practice that she does where every time you have like a little moment or a big moment or just anything that you think is worth noting that's a positive throughout the year, you write it on a piece of paper and stick it in a jar. It's kind of this way of remembering, you know, it can be so overwhelming when the new year hits that you're like, oh my God, you kind of blanket statement the year and it was either good or bad or these things happened totally. and I failed at this or I succeeded at that or whatever. And this jar is kind of this way of remembering the perspectives and like the different things that happened that you may have forgotten about or that cup of coffee you got to have with a friend in March or that 
birthday party you got to go to in April. And like, it's just a way of nice, a nice way of remembering the moments. And I was looking at my gratitude jar um, and it's full. It's full of like little tiny pieces of paper. And I think that it's worth remembering that even though it's been a hard year, like there's been a lot of amazing stuff. And so I think that that that's a really nice perspective. To Can have. I just tell you that I went through my jar as well? Yes. And um, Sal was really mad because your name was mentioned. <laughs> more <laughs> you didn't than, get a call out? More than his. Well, I mean, oh. you got married. Like there was so much that I got to be a part of in your life. Yeah. And big moments, you know. So Sal was like, why is Diana, you know, in all of these? And I was like, well, you know. <laughs> Sal's about to be a part of another very big moment. So he'll get a shout out for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I think it is such a good, I've never done it before. And it was really fun to go like, oh, I forgot about that. And oh, yeah. that was so fun. And it actually, um, I felt like it made me. I was like, oh, I want to do more of them. Like, I want to remember more of them next time. And I was like, I know that there's moments that I'm brushing over or forgetting. And I think it's hard to celebrate, you know, the cool things that happen. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely – it's a great practice, Betty's, if you're, you know, want to do it or however you want to document it, like throw it on your phone, throw it in a mason jar, you know, like whatever it feels right. But I think definitely kind of overviewing the year is really cool. I know my friend um, Jess and Adrian – do a very intense and a really cool process where like they write down like successes and accomplishments and then they get a bottle of wine and they read each other their lists and they celebrate that. Like they do a really cool couples version of it. Amazing. Um, Yeah, that's really fun. So I think there's something really important about writing it down and making it real um, as opposed to just like documenting it like on your laptop or something because I think in writing it down, you're taking the moment to really mm. recognize it as opposed yeah. to just like doing it between texts or doing it between Instagram or something like that. Yeah, you you're have, punctuating it. Right. And at the end of the year, you have this like stack of pieces of paper, which is just, it's it's really important, I think. Totally. You had some big moments this year. What's on your list? Um, it was really fun to go through like the I'm pregnant and like it's a girl like all of these like you know pregnancy moments obviously were really huge and then um last month I was in an Apple ad for the behind the Mac campaign boom <laughs> mic drop and my face was in the subway station all uh, over the subway station all over, which was very exciting it was so surreal to walk around Atlantic Terminal with you and people were recognizing you and giving you thumbs ups and it was amazing yeah, it was fun. It was. Why are you so like subdued about this right now? <laughs> well, I think they also just took them down, so it's like the moment is over. But <laughs> come on, I know. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's. Uh, I think I'm still processing it, honestly. So, what was the campaign you were a part of? Tell the people. Um, it's called Behind the Mac, and it's celebrating. It celebrates Brooklyn creatives specifically. So they picked like ten creatives in Brooklyn. And they used it to celebrate the launch of um, Apple does a keynote presentation every year. And they did it at in Brooklyn for the first time. So they wanted to kind of celebrate the people who, you know, are reusing their Mac computers and creating. So it was, I actually got to go to the event. And it was really exciting. <laughs> it was like, it was like you're burying the lead, but I'm going to let you finish. Um, and my photo was chosen to be part of the keynote presentation that Tim Cook did to open the conference up, which was 
really exciting and a little nerve wracking because I, I knew that it was coming, but they used it to the last frame they use in the presentation, which is wild. And it was very surreal and shocking to just see Tim sashay around the stage and, you know, uh, and give this presentation and my big face is just on the screen. The placement of the Dream Girl sticker on the laptop right literally framing Tim Cook's head was one of the weirdest moments of my life. So I can't <laughs> imagine how you felt sitting there with your image behind the CEO of Apple. Well, it's interesting because when I was in the theater, you know, I'm just seeing the wide and I didn't know that they did that big zoom up of the logo. So yeah. when I went back and watched it, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Very dramatic. Yeah. And it stayed on it for a bit. It was pretty incredible. It's yeah. huge. Really Huge cool. win. Obviously, tremendously proud of you. It's very exciting. Thank you. So fun to run around the terminal. Yeah. A la Carrie Bradshaw and her bus moment and take photos. and So good. The M5 straight down Fifth Ave. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that both of them were transit themed. Like there's oh, yeah. a real, there's a real like. Interesting. What is that? Synchronicity in that. I think that I love that your Carrie Bradshaw moment was centered around transit. Yeah. Well. Atlantic Barclays. Love it. What else is on your list? Um, I mean. Do we now get into the film and television? I think so. I think there's a lot there to go through. And I feel like my list is feels very crazy. My list is all over the place, mostly because I could not remember what had come out this year or what was having a second season. So I had to do a lot of like, wait, wait. I agree. On. And I will say I was, I'm very anchored to the film and television that we have talked about. I tried to include stuff we haven't talked about, so all right, well, we'll, this will all even out. Did it you do like. them in order? No. Okay. I mean, I have my top. I have my top, but then everything else just kind of falls out from there. Okay, cool. Let's just, where do you want to start? You go ahead. Lead the way. Book club. <laughs> oh my God. Book club is on your best of 2018. Who are you? I really love those women. That's the tone. That's... I really want them to keep making movies. Wow. I'm just an old woman. Best. Looking for a book club. I, I, mean, I, I thought that movie was so fun. I don't disagree. And I want to watch it again and again. Amazing. Oscars for everyone. Yeah. Fantastic. Riffing right along. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just am so... I can't believe you. Flabbergasted. Not flabbergasted. Not even all that shocked. Just kind of think it's hilarious that it made it into your best i mean when i was going through the movies that we've seen and that i've seen and to be fair you've seen 47 i've seen whatever how many we watched for oh or did for the podcast so right i don't have the uh, also the uh, breadth of film space that you do yeah but i stand by my choice <laughs> i i appreciate that i honor that um i'm gonna have to give it up to queer eye right off the bat for yeah. just bringing so much joy to this year this year was trash in so many ways and tan karamo jonathan bobby anthony literally brought like a rainbow of sunshine to the world in 2018 and i'm so you know they're all like exploding in all of their incredible ways, and I I think they're all going to get much much bigger than this show very quickly. Mm -hmm. But Queer Eye really I think just gave everyone a reason to smile and a reason to just celebrate. And it was a lightness and a love, yeah. And an, a sh the show made with intention to heal that was received by everyone. Yeah, 
So it's on my list for sure this year. Is Jonathan still your favorite? Yeah. I think I love Karamo. I think Karamo is my next like obsession. Mm. He's so smart. Yeah. And I think he You haven't seen Karamo at his best in the show yet. No. I feel like there's more to uncover with him, and I 100% agree with you. I think they're underplaying his intelligence and his yeah. emotional intelligence, and I, I'm excited to have them explore that more. Yeah, he almost comes in for, like, the pep talk yeah. in every episode, and I think um, I I listened to his episode on Getting Curious with Jonathan and Van Ness, and I was just blown away by what that man has experienced, what he's been through, his family background, his, his son. Um, yeah, just the way that the integrity that he infuses everything he does in his life or seems to infuse and the vulnerability of being open mm-hmm. about the struggles that he's had in his past. Yeah. And just really being able to name it without, um, you know, making it his narrative or making it, you know what I mean? Like he, he just does it in a very authentic way. And, and I love the way he leads big fan. Well, this should come as no surprise to anyone. But RuPaul's Drag Race obviously is part of my list and part of my life. I'm excited for All Stars 4. When does that come out? Um, It comes out very soon. It'll already have come out. And they're also doing a Christmas spectacular, which I'm excited about. Oh, my God. How fabulous. I know. That's exciting. Yeah. Amazing. It's going to be great. What do you hope to see in season four of All Stars? (sighs) Well, I'm a little nervous, honestly, because there's so many... So the cool thing about All-Stars is that there have been 10 seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race and your favorites come to the top. Right. And whether they make it to the crown or not, there are very iconic voices and personalities. And they have skimmed the top for the top of the top for this competition. So, you know, you you go in already loving and already having your favorites. So it's going to be really hard, I think, to see who's going to make it. Um, I'm rooting for Manila. I'm rooting for Monique Hart. I'm not rooting for Valentina. I hope she goes down in oh flames. My God. Yep. Scandal. Although she's very beautiful. I mean, there's uh, there's so many great queens. Latrice Royale. It, it's like the it's like your old family coming together, and it's just going to be a great season. I have no doubt. I love it. Um, and 2018 also marks the year that you clapped eyes on Mama Roo. Yep. So one of my big moments. It goes down. I know. That's one for the gratitude jar. Um, I'm going to name off just like a few that I really loved generally. A Wrinkle in Time we've talked about extensively. I absolutely loved that movie. And I thought I love Ava DuVernay. I'd love to watch it again. Yeah. Maybe like a fun Christmas movie. Yes. Kind of whimsical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mindy Kaling, Ruth Witherspoon, Oprah. Everybody's a part of it. It's great. Storm Reid is a superstar. And I thought that movie had such a beautiful moment when it was released in March. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to that and you can listen to our episode about it. Um, won't you be my neighbor, which is about Mr. Rogers had me ugly crying in the biggest of ways and kind of like queer eye in the message of love and acceptance and kind of being who you are and having these kind of leading with compassion to all conversations. Won't you be my neighbor? Um, is really kind of building off of that. And I think that if you're looking for something that's really feel good and something that is an interesting story just about Mr. Rogers himself, um, it's definitely worth watching whether or not you grew up with him. I saw it, the movie with Umer, my husband, and he had, has never seen a single frame of that show. 
and he absolutely loved this doc and I grew up watching it and obviously was deeply connected to it. So cool. it's a great film. Check it out. Definitely. On my list, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. I thought it was one of our best rom-coms really of the last couple of years. To be honest, it's the only rom-com of this year. I literally couldn't name you another one that was like on that level. In terms yeah. of production, in terms of promotion, in terms of star power, I really yeah. think it was the rom-com of the year. For sure. And maybe a couple of, I mean, I can't think of a movie that felt that fun to watch romantically yeah. in the last five years. And felt just like you were seeing something new. Yeah. Like you were seeing something where it wasn't just the old recycled Ashton Kutcher boy meets girl narrative. 100%. I agree. Also threw House of Cards on here. Oh. Yeah. Still loving Claire Underwood being pregnant. I think that is a real shift. And I think cathartic to see a woman in the White House. Um, I think we need to have more TV shows about a first lady. I can't stop thinking. Oh, oh, totally. Like almost like a good wife situation. Like I can't stop thinking about the idea you put forward of having it be like a Hillary and Chelsea Mm. TV show where you know, she's in, her, <laughs> she's in her 70s and her daughter's like in her she's whatever 40s out. and she's just starting out as a senator or something. Can you imagine? It would be good. It'd be phenomenal. All right. Let's write the spec script. I love it. Um, this show did not come out this year, uh, but it had its second season this year and that's This Is Us, which has been a guilty pleasure for me throughout the first season. I kind of love to hate it because it's just so melodramatic and so like obviously trying to make you feel all the things but season two I was I am hooked I still love on it. it I'm gonna do an episode about it because I need to talk about this movie with or this show with other people and the community around it is so interesting because it's so everybody likes it too because it's like so a, layered quite a wide range of like you know people who watch it and love it oh yeah like everybody does it's like the pizza of tv shows it's like a crowd <laughs> pleaser that just like everyone can find something to latch onto. and sterling k brown in this show is i do love him exceptional he is incredible and then is there an older um african-american person who's on the show yes he was on it but he um it was his it was sterling k brown's biological father but he passed away okay he's only in season one he's in a netflix Christmas movie and play is the only great th- good thing about it. The advent calendar. He was also in The Wire. He's, He's amazing. A, a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Did he die in real life or just in the show? No, no, no. Just oh, in okay. the show. Um, and I shouldn't like, say oh that he's not in season two. He comes up in season two because the whole thing like is constantly playing with timelines and constantly playing with sure. all these little twists and turns. But Mandy Moore has had such an incredible 2018. She's really just like come back in this incredible way. Um, yeah. I need to talk about This Is Us with somebody. Cool. <laughs> I need to, I need to do, dissect this show. Um, also want to list Black Klansman, which was I haven't Spike seen, I still movie. haven't seen that freaking movie. Exceptional. Exceptional. Know, it's it. produced by Jordan Peele. I haven't, oh, it's just like, I wasn't expecting to like love it in the way that I was expecting to enjoy it, but I was not expecting the level to which Spike Lee and Jordan Peele brought it in this movie yeah. and what they are saying about contemporary America. And well, even just the at. dynamic of those two powerhouse producers. Oh, can't imagine it's not. It was. Yeah, it was incredible to watch and a story that I, I think it should be like mandatory viewing for everybody during the next couple of years. If not forever. 
Um, I threw po- some podcasts on my list. Ooh, let's hear it. Um, Homophilia, which I've talked about before with Matt McConkie and Dave Holmes. And then Katie's Crib with Katie Lowe from Scandal. Um, Who's Katie Lowe? She's the girl with the brown wavy hair. Oh, you've talked about the serial yeah, yeah. killer. Yeah, she yeah. does a great podcast about motherhood that I've become recently addicted to. And then Homophilia, I think, is such a phenomenal space. They only have queer people on it. And just to think about your privilege as a hetero, hetero person is really fascinating. And I just think, you know, we see gay culture in the media, but to hear the experiences of these people and the the very similar threads that they have around the guilt and the shame and the religious, you know, complications of their sexual identity is so fascinating. And these conversations are had with so much love and um, it's my dream for my gay best friend to be on this podcast. Love it. And I've made, he's now addicted to it and we're, we're trying to uh, solicit the guys to have John on. So amazing yeah awesome um i put it on because i really enjoyed watching it and that's succession which is an hbo show i started watching it and i liked it and then i never finished it it gets very intense yeah but it's kind of i was not i was expecting it to just be like i wasn't gonna watch it because it was just like this show about like privileged billionaires living in new york city and playing with gobs of money it just Mm -hmm. kind of didn't interest me at all and then my friend Alex recommended I watch it. And when she recommends something, I take it very seriously. So I tuned in and it was a it was so entertaining. And I just like, it's a mini series. Or I, th- I think it's going to have a second Episodes season. Episodes are so long. Aren't they like an hour and a half? They're an hour. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I saw it on a plane. Yeah. For the most part and then fell off of it. But yeah. Um, it's just, I, what I love about it is it's, kind of interesting in that it follows like a legacy family. He's a Rupert Murdoch type um, media tycoon and it's all of his children who are like fighting over who's going to take the company, who's going to succeed him. And the whole time the daughter is kind of like in the background. And then in the last two episodes, it's all about her Mm -hmm. and how she's like making a run for passing by all of her brothers. And like, it's just, the acting is phenomenal. The story is really entertaining. Um, and I loved it. It made it into my top. Cool. Um, I got our, the RGB documentary. It's on my list too. I loved it. Yeah. Loved everything about it. They did a great job. They served the story. It was the tribute she deserved. It yep. was great. Loved it. Yeah. Agreed. I just want to watch like 10 more movies like that. Well, Can we just keep making them? Isn't Natalie Portman going to be here soon? Felicity Jones is playing her. Thank you. We'll <laughs> no, what I mean is like movies about women like that. Yeah, I think like that are well done. Can you imagine how like I've empowered seen so women many bad would feel? Gloria Steinem documentaries. Oh God, I cannot watch another Gloria Steinem documentary. Somebody just has to take it and do an incredible job and with it. Just call it say, seriously. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> it's but like really like how empowered would women feel if we like celebrated. You know, we started making movies about women in the way that this RBG movie was made, like with just so much love and so much intention and really showcasing the story and really serving who she is. And good production. It was at home the other day and Umair and I were trying to figure out a movie to watch and there was this movie about like 
I forget his name, but he's like the mayor that cleaned up New York City in the 70s or 80s and basically like got rid of all the crime and and kind of made the city what it is today. And I'm just like, yeah, but like how many movies of like white male politicians can we really stand to watch? Yeah. Especially when it's like you have to look for the movies for about women and like really seek them out. And and like you said, maybe by the time you find them, the quality like just right. isn't there. Right, because women are having to, like, force, you know, do fundraising and produce them themselves. We need, like, a powerhouse, like, an HBO or Netflix to say, okay, we're going to do 20 biopics. Yeah. They're going to be 30 minutes long, and we're going to deep dive all these incredible and inclusive, you know, female voices and, like, call it. Like, almost like, didn't ESPN do, like, a kind of a documentary series of this? Or, like, a behind the music? Like, we need, like, a big series for it to just be, and for them to be produced well. Totally. I mean, there's this book that you bought me for Christmas last year called The Women Who Make New York by Julie Skelfo. And oh my God, like an, a shoe in for a Netflix series. We can each chapter is about a different woman who made New York City what it is today, whether it's like they have architects and politicians and suffragettes and movie stars and just like women from every walk of life. And it's like every single chapter should be an episode in a series. Like yeah. that should be a piece of content. So. I, RBG is like one of us with movies for me where I'm just like, give me so much more of Someone this. Someone just needs to write us a big goddamn check. <laughs> <laughs> we got the ideas. Um, where, are, where are we on your list? Have we moved into the top five? We're at the top. I just have one more and then we're on the top five. Okay. I, I'm just going to name Skate Kitchen, which is a movie oh, that I, I really love. I love that it's on your list. Yeah. Skate Kitchen is a great movie definitely check it out it's about a girl in new york city who's like 18 ish and she's kind of getting in with um a group a community the skate community here in the city and it's kind of all about her finding her identity in that you know her mom doesn't want her to be skateboarding she wants her to just kind of be fulfill the traditional role of what a girl her age should be and she wants to be she is the kind of opposite of that and i thought it was just so authentic a lot of the people in the film aren't actually actors they're skaters Skaters. and um jaden smith is in it which is kind of hilarious but it's a great movie and when i actually sat down to make this list it was like one of the first ones that came to mind fun so it's on there all right my number four yeah as we move into the top let's do it mama mia too jesus christ (laughs) mama mia and book club made your best hell yeah i love it Tell me. I, I mean, I think this is a garbage can of a year culturally. <laughs> and I think I'm really gravitating towards and find, finding grounding in, in actively seeking joy. And that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I don't want to take too much on. And I don't want to like do like I skipped Handmaid's Tale, you know, this season. I was like, I just I need a break yeah. from my brain, from the world. And um yeah, and so I thought what we I felt like we had talked about this and we've done an episode. You feel like you're on a rocket ship. Yeah. This movie is outrageous. <laughs> and I feel like we need to be placed into more positions where we can just escape. Yeah, definitely. I so hear that's that. why it spoke to me. Love it. Um, I have a Meryl Streep movie on my list too, The Post, which came out literally, I think it came out technically last December, like December 2017, but I saw it this year and um, it's about... Uh, I thought you didn't like The Post. Oh, I loved it. She's amazing in it. Really? Yes. For some reason, I recall it being 
of being on the fence. Nobody liked it. Like everybody hated this but movie. But you liked it? I loved it. Okay. It's Tom, Cur- it's Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep directed by Steven Spielberg. And I was thoroughly entertained throughout the whole thing. But she, I mean, she's Meryl Streep, but. She's a great actress. She doesn't, do, <laughs> she, you know, she's really doing some stuff, that gal. She really is. Um, so the post is on my list. I think people should watch it. <laughs> cool. Um, um, what What do you have? Uh, number three, I have Black Panther. You still have, okay, you still haven't hit on the one that I thought you were going to hit on. Really? Black Panther was great. Uh, I didn't even know how much I was going to love it. Yeah. Until I loved it. And it's it was a phenomenal movie culturally. I mean, could there... I don't think the last decade we've really seen a, a film that's made more waves than this, than this movie. No. I mean, so it got Saudi Arabia to open its movie theaters up so that they could watch Black Panther and be part of the cultural conversation. I mean, it's outrageous... Um, how people just saw this again and again and what it did for, you know, people of color, I think is amazing. And it was just a great movie. I think that 2018 belongs to Black Panther. I think that was just it. Yeah, no question. (laughs) Um, I have a Star is Born on here for obvious reasons. Gotta give it up to the Lady Gaga, our lady. Um. I, and you can listen to our episode about it. We had some notes for director Bradley Cooper. Um, I totally blacked out that he directed that. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) I told you everything is just (laughs) leaving my brain. In terms of storytelling, in terms of character development. I mean, this one really just What do you think he's going to do next? Do you think he's going to keep directing? that's a big question. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think that (laughs) Greta Gerwig... Do you, are you on board with her in The Little Women? She's just another iconic, like, first-time, not first, yeah, first-time director? No, Greta Gerwig's directed, like, five Many times. movies? Yeah. So, okay, again, she my brain. She directed Lady Bird. Yeah, no, I know, but Lady Bird made such a splash, and now she took, then she kind of took a little break, now she's doing Little Women. Are you on board with Little Women? Are you not? Does that movie resonate with you? No. I have no feelings about it whatsoever, and I'm nervous. <laughs> I have not read Little Women. I know nothing about Little Women. Yeah. I don't really care. Okay. But I will go see it. All right. Good I time. haven't really... I, I mean, have you been following what they've been doing on set or anything? I mean, everybody I is excited about liking the cast. Who's in it? Uh, the same, like her... Her people. Yes. Yeah, Sir Sharonin. She's in it. You know, it's it's about four women. I mean, I don't know. I, I have no connection to the book or the series or anything, so. Maybe it's time to learn up. Yeah, I don't know. We have to study. We Just have to study kind of interesting, the choices the directors make on their next path. Yeah. I wonder what Bradley's going to do. I mean, the pressure is on because that is a big thing to follow up. Well, Lady Gaga's taking the right next step. What's she? Oh, yeah. She's, she's going to Broadway. She's funny, funny girl. girl. How is she going to do that with her... Residency in Vegas. Probably like I bet I bet it's easy to organize a residency, you know? Take, you know, three months off and go to New York, live in New York and do the Broadway show. We have to go see it when she's here. I know I'm very nervous about one. And Rosie O'Donnell's gonna play her mom. Yikes. I don't know if I'm on board. I am. I couldn't be more excited about a Broadway show in my life. Like if I had to only see one, like this is the one. This I is see. it. This is it. One hundred percent. We gotta go. Are we gonna be able to get in? We'll get in. It'll be fine. It's Lady Gaga on Broadway. I don't know if we're going to be able to get in. Bettys, you might have to help us. <laughs> Project sneak us into Funny Girl. Yeah. I'm going to have to call in some connections some that favors. I don't have. I honestly don't think it's going to be a problem. Really? No. 
I think it's going to be hugely impossible. Okay. Well, we'll find out. All right. Oh, my gosh. Someone pray for me. Uh, next on my list is Sharp Objects, which is an HBO series that was I thought that none of ours are creepy. correlated at all. I tried to pick things that we haven't talked about on the show so that Betty's can kind of get a sense of what they should be. Getting into? Binging. Okay. I like it. Sharp Objects is super creepy. Um, it deals with self-harm. So there's a lot of very heavy content. It's the opposite of Mamma Mia 2. Um, <laughs> it stars Amy Adams and Patricia Clarkson. And it is the stuff nightmares are made of. I wasn't totally convinced of it because it's a slow burn. Right, right. And the first five episodes are kind of like, what are we doing here? Are we wasting time? What's happening? Um, the finale actually scared me actually creeped me out which is hard to do because I don't I don't really get scared Mm -hmm. typically not in a way that it like resonates with me as I'm like going to bed and as like yeah you know but it scared me and I was texting my mom and like she's been watching it and she saw the finale before me so it's kind of those fun moments where you get to be like okay watch it like call me now kind of thing um so your mom's got to do an episode I know we need to get her to well she's coming to New York well there you go maybe we should record 100% um, number two, I put Tully. Oh, man. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. We did an episode about it. I haven't seen a movie that shocked me in the Fuck. way that that movie shocked me. I don't know. I don't even know when. It was phenomenal. You almost can't talk about it because... You don't want to give it away. You don't want to give it away. And I don't remember a time when I've watched a movie and I've had that much of a twist in it that yeah. I was totally... I wasn't, it's not that I wasn't expecting it. You could it's just, feel inklings at something. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it, feel out of narrative. Right. But it, it was, yep. It's amazing. And Charlize Theron went all the way in with this one. Um, Everybody yeah, was Tully's great. great. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it on my list. Thank you for bringing it up. You're welcome. Totally forgot it came out this year. As you do. Um, You're number one? Is that where we're at? Yeah. I have, an, I have two more left. Okay. All About Nina is my favorite film of the year. You love I've talked about it. I've talked about it again and again and again and again. I love it. Please watch it. I'd love to. It's my dream to do an episode about it and really get into it um, because I think it's a game changer for the Me Too conversations, for conversations around for survivors of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is incredible in the movie. Common is in it, directed by Eva Vives. Common is in it? Common's in it, yeah. I love Common. I love Common, too. Um, so All About Nina is a must-watch. I think, it, bar none, my favorite film. Now I have one left. Um, my number one is The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yes! Didn't it come out last year? I don't know. All right. We're leaning into <laughs> it. Love that show. Yeah. It's, um, I think it came out this year because the second season starting this year. Yeah. Good call. Um, the, the production value, um, kind of seeing what women had to deal with in the 50s, 40s, yeah. 50s, 50s, is really interesting. I mean, the leading uh, lady couldn't be any better. I mean, it's just a fun, it's a beautiful show. It's complicated. I love the ensemble. I love the conversations. I love that they're going to kind of start dipping into like the conversation around her, not totally identifying with her mm-hmm. motherhood that sh- and how mm-hmm. you're supposed to at that time. And, you know, the divorce, I think it's, it's all very interesting and um, really well done. And I think it just as a New Yorker, it's, it's so beautiful. Do they just do New York so well? And yeah. the songs, you know, we get a lot of Barbara Streisand. I mean, um, it's great. 
Yeah, they also must see. to promote season two. Did you see that Amazon did like a pop up deli where they did like a 1950s deli and Cute. all the cast came and they had like the Maisel sandwich and they had like no, how all fun. these different things. It was amazing. Um, it was marvelous. As it is. Great show. Must watch. My last one on my list and probably the most fun I had at the theater all year was a movie that I was really nervous about and highly anticipating, which is Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? I loved this movie. I did a big deep dive on Queen in August. When Are you I was, a Queen fan? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Freddie Mercury fan. And I did a big deep dive in August when I was unemployed and like just trying to fill my time. And I watched like three documentaries and I read like all these articles and I read all this like page six stuff about him and his and his partner. And it was just like the biggest rabbit hole I've ever fallen down. And the movie, it has been getting very mixed reviews because there was literally no chance of it getting good reviews because it's just such a personal thing to so many people. And he's such an icon and everybody and their dog has a way that they think he should be portrayed. Mm, yeah. But Rami Malek, He's I, great. I forgot I was watching an actor. I completely forgot that he was not Freddie Mercury. And it was insane to see him perform Live Aid. But at the same time, do the like little things that Freddie Mercury does in interviews. The little like gestures. The, his breathing even was like different. He just fully, like, melted into this role, and I was, was blown away. Was he method during the... No, I don't think game? he's a method actor. Okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do any singing or anything for it, um, obviously, because that would be a mess if... That would ruin everything if they didn't have, like, the Queen catalog to work with. But um, it's been getting panned because of how it... I feel like it's been getting unfairly panned for how it's dealt with his sexuality because in the trailers, it's definitely portrayed that he was heterosexual and in the relationship with Mary, who was a woman he was engaged to. But in the movie, it's not how it is at all. Um, They broke off their engagement. She knew that he was gay and he then proceeded to live like the crazy rock star lifestyle and it's all portrayed in the film. But I would love to kind of... um, you know, talk with members of the LGBTQ community. I think there's a huge conversation maybe, and this is my criticism of the film, is that it missed the opportunity to talk about AIDS. Mm. And it missed the opportunity to talk about the fact that people all over the world continue to still die from this disease and it continues to remain, um, you know, we can't cure it. It's incurable. And I think that that's a bigger piece of the conversation that it could have addressed if there was a CTA to bring to it. Uh, for sure. Um, but also I get that they wanted to keep it as a celebration of him and his life and his vitality and the joy he brought to the world during his life. And the film really does a beautiful job of leaving it on a note where you really feel like he's celebrated in a way that he deserved. Um, so I loved it. I loved Bohemian Rhapsody. How controversial. <laughs> um, any honorable mentions? Yes, I'm going to honorably mention Pose and Killing Eve because I have not watched either and I know I would love both, but I just have not been able to access them. Yeah, you know, I forgot about Pose because it's on like a weird... It's on FX. Which I have the FX Oh, look app. at you. You know, I have all of my cable God. apps. I know. God bless my father and his cable password. <laughs> um, but I forget, like, you know, when you're on Netflix and you're scrolling and it's if it's not in front of you, sometimes you forget about it. Totally. I totally fell off it, but it, it is great. 
Yeah. Um, some shows that I really just loved that were just want to breeze through. Superstore, amazing. They also did a really great uh, birthing where two of the characters um, both got pregnant at the same time. One of them got to go into a hospital and then one of them went to like a Planned Parenthood. And it was really interesting to show them just talk about postpartum and the birthing process and our healthcare and how bullshit it is. Um, <laughs> Will and Grace did a phenomenal app. Are you watching Will and Grace? The new season isn't on Hulu. I tried to watch yes, it. Yes, it is. That's no. how I'm watching it. No, I only have up to season eight. Restart it, sister. It's on there. It's not you need to restart your Roku. I'm I restarted you. it. Well, that's how I'm watching it. I'm watching it on Hulu. What the hell? They did a gorgeous episode about sexual assault where Grace and her dad go and visit like the her, their mom's grave or something, and she has to tell her dad, spoiler obviously, <laughs> that she his business partner her, assaulted her. Whoa! And I am crying on my couch, but it's done in such a great way that like her, the father is like resistant of like no that was my business partner. It just it, the whole thing is like, ugh. Will and Grace this season doing a great job. I'm obsessed with Sean Hayes on that show. <sighs> Everyone's great. Um, to all the boys I've loved before. Have you watched it yet? No. Get it together, Diana. Isn't it just a rom-com? It's amazing. I would skip. Let me tell you. I watched the advent calendar. I watched <laughs> the Christmas wedding planner. I watched all these. Me and my mom did a real deep dive when she was here of all the Christmas Netflix movies. I've seen all of them. Skip them all. Watch Christmas Prince again or watch to all the boys I've loved before, which is a real dreamboat of a movie. Okay. Nobody can tell me, like, what they actually like about it. They just keep telling me to watch it. So I will check it out. I mean, it's a great love story. It's a coming-of-age film. It's got a great cast. The girl in it is phenomenal. I love her. There are What's a her lot name? of interesting feminist themes about, like, the way that social media plays into, like, relationships. And mm. it, I don't want to give anything yeah. away. You, have, you don't really like high school stuff, though. So Definitely I'm worried about, about it for you. <laughs> Um, and then last thing, just the red table continues yeah. to like level up conversations. Are you worried about their marriage? No. Okay. <laughs> also, I have to formally apologize because they had Leah Remedy on yeah. to talk about Scientology. And Jada was like, for the thousandth time, I'm not a Scientologist. And like we got in, they got into this whole thing about it. And I don't think they are. You're skeptical. I'm skeptical. Tell me what you think is going on with their marriage. They're just so performative about it. And they just constantly release Have you seen that episode how... with them together? Yeah. Mm. I loved it. But I thought it was a little weird to have Will Smith on it because I liked it being a space for the women. I kind of liked to hear. I liked seeing their dynamic. Um, I just don't know why they keep feeling the need to like name what their marriage is. It just seems like it's like. They're almost a Beyonce and Jay-Z to me where it's like they're stronger together as like almost a business and as a brand than they would be on their own. And I don't know. There's something about the way they like keep talking about their marriage and they've been together for a long time. And it's like, I don't know who this is for. I don't maybe know what still you in, feel the maybe need to like. Maybe it's still in process for them then if they're continuing to define and... But, like, who is this for that you keep, like, naming what your marriage is? It's just very strange to me. Mm. It's It feels very insecure to me. Mm. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. Please do and get back to me because it made me deeply uncomfortable. Continue. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I do love that show. But Jade is also very much an external processor, and so I wonder if that's a part of it. Yeah. 
It's interesting. I almost feel like they don't talk as a family and then they get at that table and it's like the floodgates are released. Yeah. And it's very interesting. It's very raw. Totally. And I wonder what the process is for them to like get ready for those conversations and the production of it, like how they actually decide on topics. How they, I mean, Jade is deciding all the topics. I think you can tell. But um, how they decide to kind of come to the table, I think would be something I'm curious about. I love when she learns stuff about her mother too. I also love that we got very low in this part of the episode. <laughs> but like, it's interesting cause you don't, you traditionally ask your mother very formal questions about her life and like for them to do like the divorce episode and like the assault episode and for her to really, you know, when was the moment you knew you were going to like, they're very direct questions. Yeah. Well, I think they already know this stuff about each other. To me, it's the Beyonce. It's it's not the Beyonce. It's the Brené Brownism of like you're not putting anything out there you haven't already processed. No, I. But I think Jada's learning about her mother. Yeah, there's there's been a few times where she's like, oh, I didn't realize that was, or like when Willow talks about cutting herself. Yeah, and they're they're all just like, what? I mean, pe- they're really bringing. Yeah, quite a level of vulnerability that is so interesting and so nuanced. And I think especially for a woman of color to talk about some of these topics that are, you know, we, we portray women as like these strong black yeah. figures and the nuances and the complexes complexities of their identities is, is such a joy to watch. I think. Absolutely. And the sisterhood of like when Jada brings like people on who she is fighting with. Yeah. And she's like, let's talk about this. There's something so interesting about, and you're you're right. Maybe she's an external processor of. Let's put know, it let's, out there and just like get it out there so we can deal with it and let's heal it. And interesting, yeah. love it, fascinating stuff. What a year! What a year it has been. Yeah, and you're so you're looking forward to Pose and Killing Eve. Where yeah. do we watch Killing Eve? Does anyone know? I have no idea. Gotta Google it. <laughs> we talk about it like every no other idea. episode. I know. And my, I know a few people who have watched it. I've asked them. It just doesn't see. It seems to be out there and I just can't access it. <laughs> it's like I'm chasing the white rabbit that is killing Eve. Um, yeah, I'm excited for those too. Um, and I'm excited for awards season coming up to see if Bradley Cooper sweeps. Yeah, interesting. Should be one to watch. What's Gaga going to wear? Something insane. She just called Bob Fosse up. Bob Fosse. Bob, Bob Mackey. She could have called Bob Fosse, too. Call everybody. Call the Bobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, that reminds me of um, another garbage show to watch on Netflix is Insatiable. Have you heard of this? Yes. Uh-oh. I haven't watched it. It's amazing. Why? It's about... Um, have you ever... You have not, but there's. have you ever seen Good Christian Bitches? This is like a show that ran like 10 years ago. It's about like the South, like socialite. It starred Christian Chenoweth. It's like a real garbage TV show. It's like that, but about teen pageants. Not, yeah, teen pageants. And the lead is um, the girl's, (laughs) the woman from The Good Wife's brother, Dallas, what's his name? Who's like phenomenal, plays like this straight, southern man who like coaches beauty queens amazing and is their life coach oh my god but he's straight but he's it's like all very it's just fun and ridiculous and a joy worth binging 100 percent. love it get in your pjs get into it yeah and watch it 
All right. Well, Bettys, if you want to share your best of 2018, be sure to shoot us an email at beavertalkpodcast at gmail.com or just follow Aaron and I on Instagram and reach out there. We do that too. For sure. Also want to take a moment to thank Kent for the fabulous year, for all the hard work of uploading our podcast and helping us produce it. Diane and I just sashay in here and talk and then the magic of the podcast happens and we do appreciate that. So thank you, Kent. Thank you, Kent. And the Atlantic Transmission Podcast Network. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Happy Feminist Wednesday. Beaver Talk. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!